0: So tonight we're going to continue to unpack what it would look like to have the culture and DNA and community of Heart Church to be imperfect people marked by prayer. And to do that, we're going to hop a little bit around the scriptures, but to start off we're going to be in Psalm 62. This is the living word of God starting in verse 1. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. As we dive into the scriptures together tonight, let's pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that as we read it, it reads us. Jesus, we ask that You would use Your Word right here and now to penetrate our hearts, that you say that it's alive and active, we ask that that would be real to us tonight. That you would wake up as our hearts in wonder of your word, that you would make known to us what you desire to make known to us. We thank you for your word and we love you and we praise you in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but there seems to be a swirling lie in our society today that claims that we are our own best answer. That becoming self-sufficient is the way to the good life. Uh, That if we can just gather enough resource, then we can sustain, survive, and be sufficient. The hard part about that lie, though, is that it negates the sinful nature of humanity. And far worse, it denies the need for Jesus. But you see, what we need isn't more man-made movements or programs. Uh, What we need isn't to be found being self-sustaining and self-sufficient. No. There is actually no answer within ourselves. What the brokenness of humanity needs, what my brokenness needs, is an awakening again of deep desperation of God and deep revelation of who Jesus is. And prayer does both. And I don't know about you, but even in moments when you think that you are actually, oh, I'm doing what God wants me to be doing, we can actually just be going through a habitual motion and missing out on everything that Jesus has for us. But you see, in prayer, it awakens into our desperation for the Lord God and brings us revelation of who Jesus is. Prayer is the secret sauce of the saints. It's the weapon of the weak. Prayer is the posture of the disciple, the common and ordinary follower of Jesus. Prayer is, besides the gospel, the most powerful thing that the church has to offer. Because you see, the health and the power of a community the health and the power of a local church practicing the way of Jesus, it is not marked by a good preacher. It is not marked by catchy music or great coffee or an awesome building. No, the dynamic move of imperfect people brought forth by the Holy Spirit that can change lives forever is marked by prayer. It is marked by prayer. It is always the praying church that is the most powerful church because a praying church is always aware of their desperation for God Is always aware of the good news of the gospel and is always aware that humanity is so loved by Jesus. Because in the posture of prayer, we push back the lie that we can be self sufficient, that we can sustain our own lives, that we can save ourselves. Prayer leaps us joyfully into the arms of grace so that we can see what is happening in Psalm 62 clearly of what we just read. Look at these verses. Psalm 1 and uh, verse 1 and 2. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. What a society rattling claim. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Hold on. Like, who is this author of Psalm 62 that makes such outrageous claims? You mean to tell me that you are just going to wait in silence? Like, don't you have things to do? Important matters to attend to? People to please? Status to strut? Highlight reels to post and parade about how awesome your achievements are? Why would you just go about being all silent and living like you don't have anything to prove? The psalmist's response? From God alone comes my salvation from God alone comes everything that I need so you mean to tell me that Jesus is an all-sufficient Savior who does all the heavy lifting brings you your salvation by grace and you can just prayerfully rest in him why are more people talking about this are you kidding me Yup. oh but the person who wrote Psalm 62 he's probably like a nobody who has nothing going on. Real easy to be silent and alone before God because there's no busyness of life. He probably doesn't have a full and important life, the Mr. Author of Psalm 62. Ooh, look at you go. Actually, the author of Psalm 62, he's the king, King David. He has a legion. A legion of men at his beck and call as his army. He is commander over all of Israel, king over the nation, leader of the people, the most important, the most busy, and the most mover and shaker in the entirety of society. And this king declares, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From God alone, my salvation comes. You know, in this cultural moment, anxiety and depression and suicide are at an all-time high. People can't seem to keep up. People can't seem to survive. People can't seem to sustain. People are struggling to be self-sufficient. People are struggling to be the savior of their own lives. Why? Because we have tossed prayer to the side like it's some worthless religious habit, when in fact it might be the most powerful weapon we have against the evil and brokenness and lies of this world. But it is not flashy. It is not the masterful ministry moment that you and I desire. Prayer in the silence with Almighty God has the opportunity to change everything about everything. Listen to what it says in verse 8 in this psalm. Trust in Him at all times. All oh, people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Where are you getting refuge? Where are you getting healing? Where are you going with your brokenness? Where are you going for that answer when everything inside of your heart is unanswerable? Scripture says, pour out your heart before him. What's that look like? Prayer. Prayer. Pouring out your heart to God in that posture of prayer, you are promised to find refuge. Refuge. You are promised to find strength. You are promised to find answer. Promised to find a God who delights in hearing from you. Prayer's deepest work is in the heart of the person praying because in prayer we are surrendering the lie of our self-sufficiency and declaring that we are in need. Declaring that we are actually in need. Prayer opens our heart to God and in doing so it allows it To be transformed by the Spirit and believe the truth of this passage. Believe the truth of Psalm 62. That God is worthy to be trusted in at all times. And from him alone our salvation comes. So my soul can wait in silence before God because he is in fact our refuge. But that's just Psalm 62. The practice of prayer and being with God is something that Jesus, my main man, displays all throughout his ministry. Take a peek at this. In Mark chapter 1 of the Bible, it records that Jesus was healing all sorts of different people of all sorts of different kinds of things. It caught attention and it says that the whole city was gathered together. You probably know the story. But verse 35 of Mark 1, it says this, And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Or, in Matthew chapter 14, the scripture tells us that Jesus just said 5,000 people. Miraculously, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a few pieces of fish and a few pieces of bread until everyone the Bible records eats to their fill. You probably know the story. But in verse 23 of Matthew 14, and after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Or later in the Gospel of John, Jesus found walking on water. The God-man is strutting his stuff on the water, and he calms the wind, and he calms the wave, and he stills the chaos. You probably know the story, but moments before that, the Bible records that he is alone in the silent, and he is praying with his Father. Or Luke 22, when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. How awesome is that? And brings forth a new covenant of his body and his blood and a grace that is sufficient for all people. And declares that he's going to go to the cross so that humanity can have life and life to the full because of how much he loves them. You probably know the story. But in verse 42 of Luke, it says that as Jesus knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Or when the Savior is strung up on a cross and is taking the wages of our sin on his shoulders because of how much he loves you and how much he loves me. And he prays the most heartaching prayer of all and he pours out his heart to God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is quickly followed by the prayer, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What is quickly followed by the prayer that is sealed with crying out, it is finished. But you probably know the story. You see, we probably all know the story. We probably have all heard the story in some capacity before, and we commonly get so caught up in the big, flashy ministry moments and we mistake them for the miracle. In every single one of those stories, we mistake the miracle for what is actually taking place. Because you see, the miracle? It isn't the fish and the loaves, it isn't the walking on water. It isn't the healings, the opening of the blind eyes, the deaf ears, and making lame people walk again. The miracle isn't all the awesome accounts of Jesus meeting our everyday needs in calming storms. Yes, it's all awesome and great. But the miracle is that by Jesus, we, as imperfect people, are invited to communicate with a holy God who loves us just like Jesus is. The miracle is that when we pour out our hearts to God and open our lips and get alone in the quiet with God who loves us and pray, we find the truth that our Lord God delights to hear from you. And he has the power and he is willing and he is able to answer. The miracle is the invitation to pray. The invitation to know God's love. How could there be a God that is that powerful, yet that personal? How could there be a God who loves us so much that he is motivated to move as we speak to him? It's an absolute wonder. The living God deeply desires for us to commune with him and be near to him through prayer. Why was Jesus found before or after after? every single miraculous account in the entire narrative of Scripture in prayer and abiding with the Heavenly Father? Because prayer is intimacy. Because prayer is powerful. Because prayer is how we enter into the heart of God. Because prayer is the thin place where heaven and earth meet. Because prayer can change my heart. Because prayer can change your heart. So that we can sound like Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him, Jesus comes my salvation. For He is my refuge. I can trust in my salvation. You see, prayer banishes the lie of our self-sufficiency and brings us into the presence of Jesus, who is our salvation and wants all of humanity, including you, to become fully alive in his love. You see, prayer, and in it, and all throughout the narrative of Scripture, we see a move of God unlike anything else. And we long for that. You and I, whether we know it or not, we all long for revival. We long for a move of the Spirit. But you see, prayer, it releases revival. But prayer can only break out in the city when it first has broken out in your heart. And prayer cannot break out in your heart until you abide in Jesus. Get alone with him like he got alone with his father and just pour out your heart to him. The heart transformation we all need comes from the gift of prayer. Prayer that awakens us again to the desperation we need for God and a revelation of who Jesus is. We want this community to put a dent in the darkness, right? We want to be a community of imperfect people who actually look like Jesus, right? We want to be so wrecked by our sin that we stop looking at everybody else's, become so in awe with the love of the Heavenly Father that it consumes us, right? A community that moves from spectating and hoping to see change into participating and partnering with Jesus to bring change. A community that drops all of its preconceived views of church, of Jesus, of people, and is willing to just plumb the depths of the kingdom and risk it all for the gospel. We want that kind of community, right? The spark of that community is prayer. The spark of revival is prayer. All throughout the narrative of Scripture, all throughout the history books, it comes by way of imperfect people praying And almighty God moving because he delights in us so much that he wants and desires to answer. And when that prayer, that spark becomes a furnace, oh, it burns so hot that it brings warmth to the whole city. It brings warmth to everyone that we encounter. You see, because it releases revival in our hearts. And then in turn, it releases revival to those around us.